Well, hello there. This is Lynette and Brian Wolf, the Wolf Couple. Hi, everybody. This is going to be a great call tonight. We're very excited to be on the call with you guys. And, of course, this is our alumni call. So if you're on this call, it means you have been to the Quick Start Real Estate School. That's right. Right, Lynette? This is the alumni. Welcome to the alumni call. Yes. So, guys, uh, I noticed that some of you uh, were even at our most recent North Carolina Quick Start just very, very recently. So that's great that you're getting on the alumni call right away. And we're tonight, what we do on the alumni call, guys, is we go over questions of yours, uh, deals, if you have deals that we can talk about. That's always exciting. And uh, we spend an hour with you this evening. We uh, take uh, as many questions as we can over the course of the hour. And so we'll be uh, wrapping it up in about 60 minutes. Um, so you got Lynette and me tonight. And as always, on the alumni call, so every fourth Monday, remember, this is the time you call in and the number that you call in, and you'll always get Lynette and me on the alumni call, okay? And if you want to get in the queue, honey, go ahead and tell them how to get in the queue. That's right. So, guys, here's how you do it. Um, you just punch in dial star six. So dial star six or asterisk six to get into the question queue. Now, when you're in there, we'll actually call on you and we'll proceed right through the questions. So guys, just hit star six when you're ready to get into the, uh, the question line. Tonight we're going to talk about a few things. I'm sure a lot of things will come up as we go through deals and that. Uh, one, thing, uh, one thing that I notice a lot of people doing, a lot of our investor students do, is overcomplicate the process. Okay, guys, it's, it's a fairly simple process, this process. And basically it's going to start with an opening call, Somebody's got to talk to somebody with a house for sale, and they've got to get some basic information. Now, some of you guys have your VA. Some of you are doing these yourself, but you've got to have the, get the information. Then the second is your closing call. The third thing, and the whole point of the closing call is explaining the deal and setting the appointment. And then on the, the third part is going out on the appointment. We call those deal meetings. And, guys, if this process can go very quickly from the opening call to you being out there signing a contract with somebody can be, you know, um, one day. Uh, sometimes a hack can happen very quickly. So um, we, I'm watching in our uh, queue, so we've got someone on the queue already. Um, so actually I wanted to kind of finish what I was talking about there. But guys, remember, once you have the property under contract, I will say that the one little tiny step in there between uh, closing call and deal meeting is you got to fill out the contract. And now that scares some of us thinker brains, uh, me, you know, me at the beginning. But I'll tell you what, my secret is just read the contract three times. Actually read it through it, and it gets a lot less scary every time you kind of go through it, and it becomes a lot more clear. And, uh, you know, we have lots of video and plenty of training on that on your Gold Club site. Now, everybody on the call, I know you uh, – you should be Gold Club members as well. So that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, there's some great resources on there. I'm almost assuming that pretty much all of you guys are going to be in the Gold Club. It's such a reasonable uh, expenditure, and it's, it's a great cost of doing business, okay? Um, and it's a, it's a great site for resources. All your paperwork is there, and there's a lot of extensive training there too. So, But, guys, it, it, it won't take long. From the first time you talk to a seller, um, you could have that house under contract within a day or two and be turning it around to sell it. A lot of times when you buy a pretty house, that house is ready to go now. I mean, they're, they prepped it to show. So you could be show, you know, buy it on a Wednesday, be showing it to buyers and have somebody in there over the weekend. That's how fast it can happen sometimes. So let's not overcomplicate it. You know, let's not think, oh, there's this step and this step, and I've got to get my entities all set up and this and blah, blah. That's just holding you back. And trust me, whoever's thinking that way, I was thinking that way in the beginning. And, I, and that's why I'm kind of, it's my pet peeve, is not letting that kind of overthinking stuff hold you back. So, so that's my little uh, training session here at the outset. And, and Brian, uh, um, be, before we jump into the calls, I just want to tell you um, that uh, Eric and Marie... Are you on the phone? Do you see an Eric and Marie in the queue there? Kale, our son Kale, thank you very much, is moderating the call for us. Yeah. We, um, 
that what happened was uh, we called, they went to go visit a seller. We called a seller at the Quick Start Real Estate School, and uh, the seller was asking $1.2 million, and they have an appraisal for $4.8 million. This house is decked out, comes with furniture. It's incredible. Anyway, they called me when they were at the seller's house today because we're mentoring them. And I spoke to the seller on the phone for quite a while, and we got him to sign the contract. So we now have the $1.2 million house under contract um, that we have a recent appraisal on for $4.8 million. Is that incredible? That is absolutely amazing. Actually, some of you guys on the call were there and uh, witnessed that actually happening. So, uh, yeah, they, they actually made the call and got out there. That's fantastic. Now, guys, it's, see how fast that happened? The first time you know, we really got on a serious closing call with them was just at the boot camp there in North Carolina, and now they've got the house under contract. Okay, and uh, here's a quiz. If I think of this, guys, I'm going to try to ask you quizzes, and if I ask you a little question, I'm going to give you a pause, and you, you think, and you can say it out loud if you think you know the answer. So as soon as you get a house under contract, what's the next step? Okay, now if you said or thought order title, you got the right answer. So that's what you got to do now. As soon as they get this, I hope they already ordered title on this property because, guys, that's the only thing holding you back from having that property in your company's name is when you have title. So uh, order title is the first step for them on that incredible deal. Wow, that's amazing. That's a great We are so ecstatic. As a matter of fact, I am right here now. I have to tell you, I'm the lone wolf. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. Ryan is in Arizona. I'm actually in Jacksonville, Florida with Ron Legrand and uh, Jennifer Shedlin and Nick and Debbie, and we're doing our very first implementation boot camp. It is incredible, um, and uh, we can't wait to share all the great things about that on the Gold Club. I'm sure we're going to be posting lots of great tips and things that we learned about the dream system and implementing um, so you'll be seeing that on the Gold Club. But also, we actually are doing a party right now, so it's a little bit noisy in the background uh, until I mute myself. But uh, we are at a place called Top Golf in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, they rented out a, almost half of the upper stadium here with all the people, all the students, and uh, we're eating an incredible dinner. And Top Golf is so much fun. I don't know if anybody's done it before. But you're up high, and you're trying to uh, score by getting, you know, obviously the ball in the in the hole. <laughs> I'm not a huge golfer, but I'm actually doing pretty well, and it's a lot of fun. So I'm going to put Ron on a little bit later to say hi. Uh, he's eating right now, but we're having a great time. So I just want to let you know that I'm on location. That is very cool. And, yes, if you can, get the phone in front of Ron for just a second. Have him give us a, tell, tell him to give us a motivational uh, moment with Ron. All right, so let's get to our first call, guys. And uh, it's a caller who we speak with frequently, and that is Mary Nunez. Mary, hi, how are you? Hi, it's uh, Mary Ann Nunez from California. Yes, great to hear from you. We actually had you on one of our Ask Rons not too long ago. That's right. <laughs> you were at the event, so you know we happened I'm... to get you on camera. That was really cool. So some of you guys may... You regular uh, listeners to the alumni call and watchers of Ask Ron, guys, that's another one of those things that comes on your Gold Club newsletter. Some of you guys may not know this, but you get a Gold Club newsletter, and especially you new guys, you'll get an email from Ron every Friday, and it's his Gold Club newsletter. And always involved with that is an Ask Ron session where a lot of times Lynette and I will film it at one of the events, so sometimes Lynette and I will be on there with Ron, but a lot of times Ron will just go on and answer all your questions from uh, during the week. So, Marianne, what do you have for us tonight? Uh, I have a couple of questions, only two, actually. Uh, one is the uh, script that I got at the Quick Start School from both of you for calling uh, for sell-by-owners ourselves. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I started, yeah, I started to use it a, a little bit, but the, okay. What happens is, what I want to know from you guys is, when we call them ourselves from the first call and we state our name and we ask them if this is a good time and then give them a short explanation, I'll get like maybe three or four sentences and then right away they cut you off and they'll say not interested in doing any kind of terms and blah, blah, blah. Is there 
anything we can do to not have to be cut off, uh, but we need to let them know what we can do. Is there a short way of saying it, or, or how can we get the property information from them if we can? All right. Well, I, I, there's a couple things on that, Marianne. And now, here's the number one solution for running into that issue where people say not interested in terms. And it is getting more leads. And it, I'm, it sounds simple, but if you can get 60 leads a month, you're going to have people who are interested in terms in there. Okay, I don't care where you are, but I will also tell you that if you're getting, there's not some magical formula of convincing people to be interested in terms. So it, it may be the way you're approaching it. I haven't heard you, and I haven't heard exactly how you're explaining it, but really you don't really want to get into too much of an explanation. But if they cut you off early, guys, just break it down to its most simple. What are we looking for? We're looking for a little time. Okay, that's all we're looking for. Despite, you know, the phrasing, and see, that freaks people out sometimes if you start saying lease purchase and owner financing. So they, they might get a little nervous about the terms, but the easiest way to break it down is, so do you need to cash out right away, or could you give us a little bit of time to pay you off in full? That's, that's what it is. And, and then what you say is, uh, if, if they say, you know, they still might say, no, I don't want to do that, and then you just got to say that we can pay a lot, much higher price if you can be a little patient. And so that's the whole thing, guys. We're just asking them for a little time. You break it down into your own words. But if they cut you off early, and if you have said, like, you know, owner financing or lease purchase or anything like that, and they haven't reacted the right way, and, you know, depending on the script you're using, uh, you try to explain it in simple terms, but if, they, if they're cutting you off, you just say, you know, uh, all we're asking for, the way we usually do it is, now everybody on this call should write down those seven words because you're going to use those seven words a lot in a lot of different ways in a lot of different situations. In fact, at the, the event we were just teaching, there's two seven-word phrases that you guys all should get very used to saying a lot. And one is Ron's famous seven words, is that the best you can do? So that should be like a plaque somewhere written down. Okay, same with this thing. What you want to say a, a lot is the way we usually work it is, okay? And that's, uh, that's a phrase that you're going to use commonly. And now when you get to this point, you just say the way we usually work it or the way we usually buy a house like yours, that's one, another one I say a lot, is we just need a little bit of time to pay you off in full. And, guys, if, they, you know, if they're really cutting you off and stuff, they're, they're not interested and you're not, you're not getting a client. The guy, most people are suspects. Okay, and just because you can't explain the whole thing, uh, it may be that you know for whatever reason they've they've been approached with this or whatever you don't you, and they know they're not interested, and so that's saving you time. But if you know if they just don't understand it, that's a different thing, and that's when you want to get to that. You know, all we're asking for is a little bit of time to pay you off in full, and in return we can pay you a much higher purchase price. See, now that's you guys hitting the benefit. The benefit to people is they get a higher purchase price and what? They pay no commissions and in most cases, but not all, no closing costs. And you can offer that no closing costs. Now, if, if uh, like I said, if, if you're getting a ton of people, everybody hanging out, and you're talking about 50 calls that you've made in a month, okay, now if you guys are making, 20 should be your minimum goal, and everybody should have that in mind. You should get, you should make at least 20 closing calls a month. That means you talking to 20 people who have a house for sale in within a month, okay? That's less than one a day. That's your minimum drop-dead goal if you want to make money in this consistently. Now, that'll probably, that should get you one deal a month, 20 leads, uh, if you're actually talking to them. Now, if you talk to four people or five people and they all cut you off and, you know, don't let you explain how this great magical terms thing is going to be the solution to their problems, you haven't talked to enough people. So really what it comes down to is you've got to talk to 20 people, and then you may only find three out of those 20 who are real willing to say, okay, you know, maybe I could do that. And then, you know, you've got to pursue it. And I wa what I want everybody to shoot for is uh, let's say you've got 20 leads. Hopefully you've got about five yeses. Now, this is another aspect to this because if, if you're fighting people who are saying no, or if you're making these FISBO calls yourself. Now, remember, FISBO calling yourself, uh, seriously, you're going to get a huge, massive amount of no's in there. 
And that's why most people do the VA or have somebody local who can do these calls for them and just, you know, for five bucks a lead sheet or whatever. Now, if you can weed through, if you can look at 20 lead sheets that are all filled out and just pick out the three yeses and not, you know, beat your head against the wall with all those no's, that's a lot, the business becomes a lot easier. And even if you just convert one of those three, you know, then, then uh, that's one deal a month or one out of 20, a 5% conversion ratio. So the, uh, to recap, you want to get 20 leads a month, get through them as fast as you can, try to get five yeses. Now, if you don't have five yeses, if you're getting one yes out of 20, you've got to change your farm area. You're not in an area where people are really open to this. Maybe the area is too blazing hot. And I call this the Goldilocks paradigm. You, you don't want it too hot. You don't want it too cold, just like when Goldilocks was eating the bear's porridge. You want it just right. And so if you're not getting some people at least out of those 20 who say, okay, I'm open to that, then you, you need to switch areas, switch your farm area. Okay, but, but Marianne, if they start cutting you off early, uh, it may be kind of your approach. Maybe you need to talk a little faster and get to the point faster. But also, it's, uh, if they cut you off early, just go right to, well, you know, all we, we, the, the way we'd normally buy a house like yours is all we need is a little time. Could you just give us a little bit of time before we pay you off in full? And if they say, absolutely not, I need to cash out right now, right away. And, you know, like I said, the majority of people will uh, say that. But uh, that's why you need enough leads. Okay, Marianne, what was your second question? Second question was, since uh, here in California it costs about $800 to get an LLC, so I don't have funds to do that right now. So until I can do a deal or two and know that I could do this full time, then I could get an LLC. But in the meantime, if I do, by some luck, get a, a yes and I go sign an agreement, whether it be a lease purchase or an owner finance, yes. I will have okay. to sign my name. Here's, here's the way I, I want you to do this. Um, now, when we're talking about land trusts, Ron talks about land trusts a lot. Land trusts give you a couple of things. If you do it properly, they give you anonymity. And if you do it right, they give you uh, some legal protection. It's an asset protection device. So essentially what you need, if you don't have an LLC, there's – there's states that have cheap LLCs, but what do you need? Do you guys know what you need? What's the problem with knowing that Arizona has cheap LLCs when she lives in California? The problem is you need some, an address. You need somebody who lives there or a person. You need a, a registered party. Some of the states, I, we have LLCs in a few different states, and they call it different things, but like some registered party who lives there. Now, some people do a LLC in Vegas or you know, Nevada, but they pay, we used to have one, and, but we were paying $1,000 a year for this resident you know, thing. So that's, that's the issue there. Now, if you do know somebody, though, like your mom or somebody that you, a good friend of yours or something lives in another state, they can be your contact person. They're, they don't have to be in the LLC, okay? They don't have to, you just need them with, for their address. So uh, that is one solution on this LLC issue if you live in a state that it's very prohibitively expensive to either set up or maintain. Some of these places, you know, it costs you every year you have to pay. So that's unlike Arizona. Right. All right, now the other thing can you can I do, uh, you guys should all read this land trust agreement. It's, it's kind of, you know, really boring and there's a, there's a lot there, but um, basically all your figuring out here is three things, the name of the land trust, who the beneficial interest is held by, and the trustee. Okay, so now who's the trustee? The trustee is somebody that you trust. And sometimes people can use their lawyer or something like that or their accountant, but mostly people use somebody. I, I, they, I don't want them to have your same last name. That kind of messes with your anonymity. Okay, so although, you know, they're still, they, they still don't have your exact name, they have your same last name. So the whole thing, guys, is if somebody does a public record search under whoever, you know, is on the deed of that property, uh, does a hundred other properties come up that you have? Okay, so the idea is the anonymity would be if they typed your name into a public record search, basically your own house might come up and that's it, no more properties. And you could own a hundred pretty houses. 
Okay, now I, I'll say that if you buy it in an LLC, though, um, your anonymity, I mean, they can track who is members and managing members and stuff of LLCs. So it's not so anonymous, but you do have the asset protection. Now, if you don't have L any LLC, guys, I think the best solution is to do a land trust, make your own self, your own personal name, the beneficial interest on the land trust, and try to find a trustee who you, somebody you trust who doesn't have your same last name. That's, that's my best advice on how to do that. I will tell you that uh, your trustee, if they were really savvy, they could probably mess with you uh, on the ownership of the property, but they'd have to, it, it would be pretty hard. So, uh, but, you know, so pick somebody you trust, and uh, that would be my best advice on how to take ownership of a property, Marianne. That way it's not in your name. Now, remember, here's the other twist on the trustee thing. They have to sign documents. So they don't have to go in at the same time, you know, the buyer or the seller goes in, but they do have to go in there and sign stuff for you. Or, you know, they can sign a remote. I mean, they could, you could send them docs, but that gets to be kind of a pain uh, if you're doing a lot of deals. So it, it's helpful if they're local. Okay, so uh, Marianne, we hit your questions tonight, and uh, thanks for calling. You always have good questions. They always open up plenty of areas of discussion that are important to all of us. Brian, but I wanted to ask, what if can I change it later, take my name off once I get an LLC on that yes. same original agreement? Yes, yes, uh, you absolutely can do that. Um, your, okay. You know, and guess what? Now, your name is never going to show even in the chain of title on this house, just your land trust and your trustee. So that way, just later on, your trustee is just going to have to sign some documents where you uh, deed the property over into probably how you're going to do it as a new land trust with your LLC as the beneficial interest. But what if you do a lease purchase with a seller? You don't buy it in a land trust. You have to put in an entity, and I don't have an LLC, so I would sign my name and then yeah, later and I so can put it in. On the paperwork for lessor, so guys, when you are leasing out the property to your lease purchase buyer, you're the lessor, they're the lessee, lessee. You're going to have to sign the documents probably as yourself. Now, if you have eventually what you're going to want to have, if once you get like 10, 20 properties and it's sort of like a management issue, you guys are all going to want like a management LLC or a management corporation that's uh, depending again on your costs and how, you know, how your state works. And then you'll also have several LLCs holding properties. So, because you really don't want to have more than three, uh, three properties in any one LLC. Okay. Mhm. Okay. Well, thank you, Brian. That that helps a lot. You bet, Marianne. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Okay. okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. Who do we have next? Thanks. There. Who do we have next? Do we have someone on the line? Yes, hi, this is Lynn. Lynn. Oh, hi, Lynn. Patrick. Hi. Hey, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. Oh, that's great. Well, we have a question about the house that we're trying to close the contract on. Um, we went over yesterday. She wanted her daughter to, to look at everything. Um, she has all the paperwork there, um, like about the house. And I was wondering about the um, about the title search. You have to do a title search. She has the original title there. Okay, so she has. Uh, you mean you're talking about the seller? Yes. Okay, so you're saying that the seller has some kind of a title report. The seller built the home. Okay. He has all the original paperwork, the surveys, the the uh, mortgage statements, everything, all in a folder. Okay. And no one's ever lived there but her. Okay. Now, so you would think possibly that that would mean that it'd be clear title. Is that what you guys are thinking? And maybe you wouldn't have to run title. But I'll tell you, right. there's things that can happen with the title uh, that she's, she may not even be aware of. So that's why unless this just happened. See, there's a lot of things that happened over the years. How long ago was that original title dated? 
86. Okay, 1986. So now, you know, 14, 31 years have, have gone by, and <laughs> plenty of things could have happened to her legally, actually. I mean, she could have been sued. She could have had a judgment. There could have been some work done on the property, and they never got paid. So they call, do you, do you guys know what they file? They call it, they call it a mechanics lien. So sometimes some lien or some other mortgage, or let's face it, I mean, as much as you can try to trust what people say and what comes out of their mouth, she might say the property is free and clear. I built it. Nobody's ever lived here but me. But she might have taken out a second mortgage in 2006, and you know, and she maybe thought it was a loan. Maybe it's innocent. She just thought it was like a twenty thousand loan to do the windows on the house or something like that. But they filed a lien against the property, so it's actually a mortgage against the property. So lots of stuff can happen, you know, that would cloud cloud the title. And the whole the whole goal, obviously, is you got to make sure that she can transfer to you okay so that's whenever we check title the goal is making sure that there's no encumbrances on the title now that normally that's some kind of lien or judgment or mortgage uh, those are the three things that really come up on a title search and even if she doesn't have a mortgage though there absolutely could be judgments or liens on there and so that's okay. why and and here's the other thing when you guys uh some deals you there, there's something called title insurance. Now, when you guys close with a title company, anytime you do that, the title company is going to want to sell you title insurance. Uh, mostly, you know, unless they really charge a lot, or guys, you know, it's, it's, uh, mostly it's okay, but there's plenty of times when you don't really need title insurance. Now, I don't, I don't want to get in a tussle with title companies or anything, but, you know, there's plenty of cases where, that, like in this case, now let's say they try to sell you title insurance on this property. This is, property's had one owner. It's really not that old. Uh, if you do a standard title search, pretty much anything should come up. The only thing title, title, uh, title insurance covers is, that stuff, is stuff that pops up later that doesn't show up on the title search. That, the, the odds, okay, I don't want to get into, okay, I'm going to get myself worked up on this. But here's what you should do. Just check. And, but at any rate, no title insurance company is going to insure the title. And at some point when you sell to your lease purchase buyer down the road, there's going to probably be title insurance involved. And that's okay at that point. But do you need any interim? You know, not necessarily, depending on how you're doing it. All right. So, but you guys definitely need to run title. Everybody, before you jump into a property, you know, especially if you're taking ownership, uh, the, co the county recorder won't record it. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got to do your title search, make sure everything is clear, because you don't want something to pop up, and then you go down to record it, and the county recorder says, no, I can't record this. Uh, I can't put this in your name. It's still going to stay in her name, because there's this thing on here that has to get paid off before this could be transferred. So that, that's the nightmare scenario, and that's why you always get a title search done uh, before before you try to buy it. Now, here's another little twist on this, guys, and most people don't necessarily think of this. What about if you're just lease purchasing a house? You know, I mean, you're just, you're just lease purchasing it from somebody, and you're doing a sandwich lease purchase. So you're lease purchasing it, so there's no transfer of title. So you're not going to go down there and, you know, to the county recorder and try to record a new deed in your company's name. So do you do a title search in that case? Well, our recommendation is, yeah, you definitely do, um, now, it's hopefully you've got a good title company that you work with, and everybody's going to have to find a good somebody who pulls title reports. Now, sometimes attorneys will do it, um, but most people use a title company. So you're going to have to have a good uh, title company to be able to, you know, order title through and pull your title and, and get it through. And usually, and they'll do closings as well a lot of times, but definitely um, you need to get that initial title report before you can even move forward. And I, now I, I will tell you that for sure we have moved forward on sandwich lease purchases without getting the title back, or, you know, and sometimes without ordering title, uh, but it's not, you're, you're at risk because guess what happens? What if you say you give your, you know, lease purchase person three years to buy, and so then at two and a half years they're ready to buy, and then you go, oh, well, if we're going to transfer title, we better do a title search. And then all of a sudden you've realized that something happened, like they just, the seller took out a big mortgage 
three years ago where there was a big judgment or something on there that messed the title up. And if you would have run title the first time, you would have caught it. So that's mm -hmm. why, you know, we recommend even if you're just doing a sandwich lease purchase, you run title there too. That's okay. a really good point, Brian. That's a really good point. Yes. Do you guys um, uh, have any follow-up questions to that? Um, no, I think we're okay so far. Awesome. So, yeah, and uh, but again, guys, I will say that if you are buying a house that's been built very recently, and a lot of the homes we buy, some of them were built after 2000, and they've only been one owner. And so uh, even, even though it seems like it, you know, there couldn't be anything hardly on there, always get that title report uh, back. Because they never and know, yeah. The, the other spin on that is not necessarily title insurance. So. Um, Brian, actually, I'm, I'm live on site here, like I said. I'm at Top Golf in Jacksonville, Florida with uh, Ron Grand and the whole Global Publishing and all the students. And I happen to have one of our superstar students here that we are currently mentoring. Um, we started mentoring um, Joe about a couple months ago, and um, he's right here. He just wanted to share um, a success story. Awesome. Hold on one sec. That's great. Say your name and where you're from. Hey guys, how you doing? This is Joe and Stephanie Earls. We're from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, if you guys have a chance to have the Wolves uh, mentor you, definitely recommend that. Um, so they wanted me to share a testimonial with you guys. Um, we got a, a deal that we got um, basically driving around the neighborhood, found a sign for sale by owner, got a hold of the gentleman, and the, the way that it kind of worked out, I touched base with him. At the time, he wanted cash, didn't really want to do any kind of terms. <clears throat> Called him back, um, you know, a few months later. Was interested in doing terms at that point. Things had changed. Uh, kind of going to give you some numbers now. So we bought the bought the property with the lease with the option to buy. Did a long-term lease with the option to buy. Um, <clears throat> the house is worth about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We make right now uh, four hundred and ninety-two dollars cash flow a month. Uh, oh, that's good. Good. In about three years, at which point we'll make another forty-two thousand dollars. Uh, and the cost for me to get in this deal was only $263. Yep, $263, that's it. So our first year annual rate of return was over 4,000% on that deal. And just going out there and taking a little bit of action and getting over the fear of actually making that call and talking to the individual, um, we've literally set ourselves up to start changing the way that we live. Um, through having the Wolves, we've actually opened, uh, or will be opening in the next few days, our, our office and going live with two acquisitions there. We have another acquisition that will be starting in Virginia as well as one in Ohio. So we'll, we'll start the first quarter here, end the first quarter here, uh, with a total of four acquisitions in four different markets. So we're really excited. That is really uh, exciting. You guys are you standing guys have a big time. Have the for you and take up the acquisition system. Uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, and just take action and talk to your peers. Wow, that's an awesome story, Joe. Yes, that's, some, that's the kind of success that can be had on a lot of these. And, you know, uh, that's what they did is take action, and they, they are really ramping up big time. You know, here's your steps up in this business. The first step up, uh, if you're brand new and you've never done a deal, your first level up is your first deal. Because that's when you really prove to yourself that you can do it. You, everybody can see other people doing it, and they hear the stories. They know it's being done. But until you do it for yourself, somehow you always have a little tiny bit of doubt. So um, that's the thing. The first big level up is when you do your first deal. The next big level up is when you hire, is when you get systemized a little bit and you hire some people. And that would be like an acquisition. Now they're going big. They're they're hiring quite a few people. Most of you guys will just start with one person. And you can offer them a draw and, you know, just somebody who's good on the phone and really likes to talk on the phone. And if you don't particularly care for talking on the phone, just do it as long as you, you know, get a couple deals and, and then get somebody else to do it for you. So uh, that's, a, that's the next big level up. And, boy, they're going through a big level up because they're getting a lot of people on board right now. And that's how you duplicate your efforts, and that's how you really start making huge money. Lynette, are you still with us? One second. Oh, Joe. Joe, do you have any follow-up on that? Oh, we lost Joe now. 
me? Hi. What okay, a great we're story. Doing, we're, doing, we're doing a competition right now at Top Golf. It's me and Ron. Ron's got five balls. I got five balls. So far, his score is he hit his fifth ball. 17 plus one more. What's your final score, Ron? They want to know. Okay. okay. I'm. Hit. All right. This is fun. I don't know. I. Okay. I, I just. He got 21, and I'm at 31. Oh, I'm at 15. Oh. <laughs> but I get another shot. Ron, I'm at 15. You're at 21. I get one more shot. This is the one that counts. Jen, you be the moderator. Oh, she's gonna have to get six on this. Shot. Okay, everybody. Here she goes. She's about to make the winning shot. <laughs> Oh no, Dennis that's Jennifer Sedlin, our wonderful COO of Global out there. Hi everybody. She's doing our play by play. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's great that you guys all get to go out and have fun. Oh she misses and Ron takes it for the win. Oh <laughs> Hey, attend our implementation power days. We'll have a night just like this for you guys. I'm gonna hand it back over to Lynette. Have all a right. Thank you, Jen. Great to hear from you. I choked. Oh <laughs> no, the ball did not go in the sixth point. No, I let Ron. I let Ron win on purpose. Oh, there you go. That's what it was. That. That's what happened there. All hey right. there, everybody. Hey, it's Ron. Sorry, we don't have much time to talk tonight. We're too busy playing golf, and I just beat Lynette in a, a round. She, she, she choked on the last shot. It, it was. It was pathetic. Oh no! <laughs> we got some good deals coming on here tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. We've had a, talked about some great deals. All right. Well, some great questions too. Good. Do you know the answers? You know, I know all the answers. You know. Well, if you don't, you'll make it up. I know that. There you go. <laughs> I'm guiding them all right. Well, I'm going to let you have it back. Take care of them. All right. Thank you, Ron. Bye. Wasn't that nice to hear from Ron, guys? Okay, so we're going to, if Lynette is not coming back, we're going to go to our next caller here. And uh, I'm trying to see who it is on our chart, and I don't have their name. It's Wireless Caller at 1919609, and I won't repeat the rest. Who do we have with us? Hello? Yes, hello? Yeah, who do we have? Uh, my name is Rob. I think you have the phone number wrong, but that's fine. Yeah. How you doing, Rob? Good. Good. A lot of good information tonight. I've been writing down a lot of great notes. Oh, um, that's, that's great. Right, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. Guys, take good notes. You know, I mean, sometimes you hear things, and it's not like you know, you're going to hear it ten times and everybody's going to be reminding you of all this stuff. Sometimes you you know you got to catch those notes when when they're there. That's why it's really good to right. hear as much of this training as you can. Thank you, Rob. Right. No, no, not a problem, man. Uh, so excellent job on your part. Uh, uh, Marianne had mentioned earlier um, about uh, land trusts or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I have a trustee. Um, I have not yet to do a deal uh, through Ron. However, okay. I have a trustee that I do deals with on other properties and um, this was not my question I guess but okay. uh, w when I heard her it, I, I think that it is very very important to find a trustee that can handle all of the paperwork and everything else that comes into um, any any deal right um, you know, because we don't know enough, and that's what these trustees are there for. Uh, so I wish the best for Marianne, but I would I would tell her try to find somebody that uh, is a qualified trustee. Mm -hmm. um, if she wants my number, and I can give her the guy that I deal with, he's super fantastic. Uh, he deals with properties all over the United States. So, uh, uh, you know what? Why don't we guys? Anybody just email in. Uh, if you have questions about that, that's a really good. You know what? Do, do you want to just give his information? Uh, do you have his information handy? This is a person who deals with. Yeah. Oh no, I can't really do that either. I'm trying to think of a way I can get this information to people. I guess, guys, we'll put it. I can uh, give you my email address. Well, no, I, I'm not supposed to give out anybody's 
contact information okay. on these calls. So sure. let's do it. I'll tell you what, guys. We'll have it with. Uh, Actually, they can email the Gold Club and it'll get to us, honey. Okay, email the Gold Club and just make it attention uh, alumni call. There you go. Attention. If you guys have any uh, or any other questions you have about the alumni call or some of the information I was going over as well, if you want to just email in uh, to the Gold Club and just attention alumni call and you could put the date on it, and then we'll, we can follow up that way. And, in the, and uh, uh, we better get, and, you know, we'll contact you, Rob, or somehow and get the information. I have your phone number, so. What, what's okay. the first part of your phone number, Rob? Uh, 630. 630, is that your area code? Okay, and then yes, it's 514? Yes. Is that what it is? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, I know your number. Okay, so we'll Absolutely. figure it out. Okay, so what question? Yeah, but I, I, I really think that that's something that's important for me. Yeah. Um, actually, one of the things that I was actually talking to my trustee about today was um, the uh, Gold Club and, and all the information that I get from there is, is super fantastic. Don't get me wrong. However, the one thing that I had told him is I'm not sure if the contracts that you guys provide are eligible if that's a good word, mm -hmm. I'm not sure, uh, for the state of the great state of Illinois, mm -hmm. uh, because you know rules and regulations are different in every state. So right kinda, now, like, do you have a real estate attorney, uh, a local real estate attorney there? Yes, that's okay. correct. And and what I did is I gave him the paperwork that you guys provided, mm -hmm. and when he changed it, the uh, guy that I had been dealing with through your guys' office mm -hmm. said, okay, this is okay. However, it sounds like more of a real estate deal. And if I understand correctly, we're not in, we are not real, real estate agents. So oh, we're not real estate agents. Yes. And correct. you know what? Here's the thing, guys. And we're okay if you have state-specific contracts and Texas has some weird stuff and, you know, Illinois has – you know, there's some rules, but every state has a little bit different quirky rules. I will tell you all that essentially our contract works in every state. It might not cover every statute that, you know, may be individually specific to that state. But, you know, in general, let's, I mean, to be honest, if you write a contract on a blank piece of paper and both people sure. sign it and add terms, you know, I mean, that's, it's binding. So uh, the contract... Right. You know, I don't want you guys fretting about the contracts, but is it a good idea to have your attorney who's going to be doing your signings look at your mm -hmm. contracts? Yes, because he has right. to explain them and he has to vouch for them. And if he wants to make right. some changes, in most cases it's just fine. It, you know, uh, right. I'm not sure. And the, Go ahead. I was just saying that that's my, my issue is, uh, not being able to sell something to somebody. I mean, I can sell ice to an Eskimo. Yeah. However, when it gets to that point where you get into the legal part of it mm -hmm. and knowing how Illinois is, mm -hmm. um, you just kind of want to make sure that you protect yourself. Yes, you want to uh, be careful. And, yeah. Right. And, and that's where I've kind of put the, I put the brakes on. Okay, but all the information. that's what kills me, though. See, now you're... you're you're not, you know, if you weren't overly worried about this, and the chances of you running into problems is very, very slim. The only time, guys, you're going to run into problems is when, is when you get an unhappy person. And I'm sure. telling you, the way we work it, people end up happy. We, we are, you know, we bend over backwards, both the seller and, and buyer should be happy. However, right. if something goes wrong and somebody gets uh, upset, that's when you have problems, they get a lawyer or something. Right. But I'll tell you, that's by, by such a minimum, you know, an issue. Okay. And, uh, but if it's holding you up from doing deals, that's, that's a huge – that you're giving away a lot. And I did – I dragged my feet on stu stupid stuff in the beginning. I hired an attorney. I, I was convinced I had to have the perfect attorney. So I hired this guy, and I gave him all the paperwork. And I said, you know, make sure everything is perfect for, you know, Arizona where we are. And I waited, and I waited, and I kept calling him, and I kept waiting, and I kept calling him. And about a month and a week later, he finally said, yeah, it all looks good. Send me $1,500. Mm -hmm. 
And it was like a huge mistake. It made me, I, I felt like, wow, I just wasted a whole bunch of time waiting around trying to, mm-hmm. you know, have the perfect little contract where I could have bought five houses by now. So that's sure. so I really, guys, just use what's on the Gold Club. And, I mean, if you get, get an attorney fast, if you can, if you don't have it, you know, a lot of times you can find an attorney through your real estate and local real estate investing groups is a good, good place. Uh, but if you have a decent attorney, and, and you've got to tell them, uh, we don't give paperwork to the attorney to look over. What I recommend you do is get a deal. And don't even worry if it's on the wrong paper. And don't even worry if once your attorney sees it, he says, we have to re-sign everything on another copy, another paperwork. That's okay by me. What I'd rather have you do is go out there, get your first deal on a contract, then call your attorney, you know, call around for an attorney and say, hey, I'm a local real estate investor. I have a deal right now. Um, Do you do real estate signings? That's the first question because a lot of these attorneys don't even do signings, and so you're just wasting your time. They say, do you do real estate signings? They say, yes. And you say, well, I'm an investor and I have a contract, a, a purchase and sale contract on a house right now. How quickly could you set up a signing? And they'll tell you, and then you say, and then they'll say, well, obviously I got to see the contract before the signing. And you say, yeah, so I'll shoot it over to you right now. Or you go in and give it to them face to face. So once Mm -hmm. you have a real deal, you're a real player. You know, you're not just somebody who's saying, hey, you know, I just got out of a seminar. Can you look over some paperwork? And they just they take advantage then. So if you have a real deal, they can tell you for real. And they won't charge you 1500 to look over the paperwork. Hopefully, they'll charge you 500 bucks for a signing appointment or less. Uh, that's, that's all you're looking for. So, so I do all the work and everything, get everything signed off, et cetera, et cetera, take it to them and say, okay, here, I have a deal. Talk yes. to me. Yes, and then if they say, wait, I have purchase and sale docs that I, I'd rather use, then you say, okay, that's fine. If, okay. if, you, if you have some you'd rather use, but basically it says everything mine, say, I'm okay with that. Otherwise, just use mine and make a couple changes if you have to. Okay. Yeah, that's that's Sounds good. One 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 last question. Yes, Rob. Who's going to win the World Series this year? <laughs> uh, you want the Cubs again? You want the Cubs to repeat? A, Was this a huge a thing fan. for you being a, in I'm Illinois? I'm a Cardinal you? fan, so. Oh, know, okay. You're at the other end of the okay. state. Yeah, All right. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I my grandpa rooted for here for the Cubs. <laughs> He's a big cup. All, right. All right. Hey, great talking to you, Rob. Great info on your side. And, uh, and right, really good. Thank you for that uh, trusty information. I'd be yes. more happy to pass it on. Yes. So, guys, it, that would just be an email into the Gold Club if you, have any, uh, if you want more information on that. Thanks a lot, Rob. You, or you're welcome. All right. Let's go to our next caller. And uh, who am I on the line with? My name is Dennis. I'm in Michigan. Hi. What's your name again? My name is Dennis. Dennis. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. So do you have, what question do you have for us? Just a general question. Um, I get the part about if you're doing a lease option, not needing to do it, you know, have title insurance you know, necessarily. And I got that you know, both from Ron's courses and you had reiterated it earlier tonight yourself. My question is, uh, Ron on this course uses the term title check and uses the term title Report. I'm assuming that's the same thing, correct? Yes, yes. I mean, you, when you're doing a title check, what you get back is a title report. So report. you order, okay, gotcha. you can order okay. a title check or order a title report. You get back a title report. Right. For nominal fee, you don't have to buy the insurance necessarily. So I just want to make sure that those two terms are interchangeable. Yeah, and title insurance now that'll be you know thousands of dollars sometimes. So oh yeah, that's oh, yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. Thing. I know that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, here's, sure that- here's the thing, guys. If you are buying a property subject to that has only had one owner, and it was built in 2005, and I, and you know they are clean, their credit's clean. It's unlikely anyone has sued them, and you don't have any money in it anyway. You know, you bought it for what they owed on it. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense to spend two thousand dollars on an insurance policy that that'll only kick in if there's something so weird that it didn't even come up on a normal title search. So that, that's why, you know, but see, that's how title companies stay in business, and they do a lot of great services and stuff, and I love title companies. So, so that's good. Okay, do you have a, right. another question for us? 
No, I was going to, going to state that Ron mentioned that also. He said that the mortgage company has a title insurance policy anyway, so it's, you know, why reinvent the wheel, you know? Yes, and now that's another thing, guys. When the mortgage companies, you understand when sometimes companies uh, will, and I'm just going to speak to everybody here, just if you guys don't totally understand this part of it, but on some payments that you take over subject to, there's going to be private mortgage insurance, and that's, they call it PMI, and basically that's insurance that you pay out of your mortgage payment so that if you default, the uh, lender gets, doesn't, get, doesn't lose money. Okay, so you're covering whatever you know, amount that they stretched out over the equity that they would lose if they have to foreclose. So they're pretty well protected by this mortgage insurance. Now, once it drops, the loan drops below 80% LTV, you can get rid of the private mortgage insurance. Now, what you guys should be aware is that that doesn't always automatically happen. So you, if you've got houses that are in that close to 80 range and you're paying subject to mortgages, you can actually check and see and sometimes get the mortgage insurance waived off of there. So, that's a good uh, point. Very good point. Yeah, that's, now that's something different, though, than, uh, than title insurance, which is... Oh, absolutely. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, and that... that uh, that guarantees, you know, the title is going to be okay, but the mortgage yep. insurance is just guaranteeing the lender, which I always thought was kind of, you know, kind of, kind of screwy that you're having to pay for your own insurance in case you default, you know. But, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just part of the game right now. And you never uh, – you just calculate that into your cost of doing business. When you take over these mortgages, just make sure you know what the underlying mortgages are owed so then you know, you know what your payment is. But uh, thank, thank you so much for your call tonight. Yep. you have any other questions? No, I'm good. Thank you very much. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for the call. Talk to you soon. Yep. Yep. Okay. We've got uh, – We looks like we've got two people online. Guys, we probably are just going to take these two calls, and then that will be it for this evening. And who do we have on the line now? Hi, Brian. It's Eric and Marie. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing good. How are you? So everything, uh, so Lynette was on the line a little bit earlier, and she told us a little bit about uh, that you guys went out to that million-dollar deal house, right? Yes, we did. We met with Zeppi and his wife, very, very lovely couple, and uh, spent 45 minutes touring the house. (laughs) It's just ginormous. What's the square footage on that one? It's like 16,000 square feet or something? 16,500 square feet. Oh, my goodness. I bet you've never <laughs> even been in a house that big before. No, I have not. <laughs> I don't think I – we toured a lot of mansions in L.A. when we lived out there, but I don't know if I've ever been. That's pretty huge. Marie, it's it, Lynette. You've got to tell everybody how you, how you were calling me before you would even drive to the house, and then you're texting me before you'll go in the house, and are you there, are you there, <laughs> and then how wonderful it was to have me pack to the cellar. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for taking point on that. And actually, she was doing that because I was very scared. Believe it or not, I was not nervous. I really wasn't. (laughs) Well, I think most people would be a little bit nervous, at least, on a deal like that one. Yeah, I know, but I, I can't explain it, but I really wasn't. Yeah, and so, well, you know what, uh, guys, here's another thing that was great. Uh, Marie went up on stage with us uh, at the event, or actually she, was, she did a, a call live with, uh, was it with this seller? Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. and we, Lynette yeah, we actually it, recorded it, it, right, recorded. Lynette? Yeah, we're going to get it on the Gold Club. Yeah, we videotaped that exact call. Oh, that's right, and then we videotaped Ron doing deal structuring about that call. So, guys, we're going to get that call up on, the, uh, up on the Gold Club so you'll even see more. And, you know, we've got to have the follow-up now that we've actually been out there. Let's, let's talk about the exit strategy, how we're going to get a luxury home buyer. Right? That's okay. That's get paid, right, guys? That's right. Yeah. So, so um, since the seller is still in the house, we already told the seller that we need access. Uh, prior to close of escrow in that um, obviously we're going to do uh, Saturday. Um, we're going to do a one-hour sale, uh, like a one-hour sale, a luxury auction one-hour sale. 
And um, we're going to, I can't wait to uh, show everybody this payday because we're talking, this is a lifetime. This is a lifetime payday. Yeah, this is a once-in-a-lifetime deal for sure. Well, and you got other deals going too, right, you guys? Can you go to another yes, house? Tell um, us about the other house. We think so. Uh, we went to see Matthew. Uh, we talked to Matthew, uh, you and I, when uh, during the bus tour on for us yeah, Friday. Um, we went to see Matthew. We took the three different offers and presented them to him and uh, talked about them for a little bit. And then his wife is an attorney who works in a, in a law firm, and uh, she does criminal justice. So she said she wanted to take the contracts with her to work on uh, Monday, today, and show them to her, the real estate attorney in her office. And uh, so she did. We got an email from Matthew today at 1.38, and he said that um, they reviewed the offers, and he, he wants to go with the third choice where we're buying the house subject to. That, that was the $10,000 cash the mortgage offer you um, suggested. Um, that was uh, door number three for Matthew and Seth. Um, now, we're just um, not sure that he's understanding what door number three is exactly. He... I sent you an email he sent us. It seems to me that he thinks that we're going to just be buying the house outright and, you know, their, the mortgage is going to be paid off. Okay, so, that, that's a good point. Everybody listen to this now. When you say, would you rather have us lease purchase your house or buy your house, some people, when they hear buy your house, they don't think, oh, the title's going to just transfer into their company's name but they're still going to be paying me on it. Now, that's the easiest way to explain this. Now, we're going to buy the house, but we're going to make payments to you like you're the bank. That's the easiest one-sentence explanation of how this works. Is we're, Mike, our company is going to own the house, but we'll make payments to you like you're the bank. And so if he doesn't grasp that, and we're saying in that third scenario, depending on how it's worded, is that you know, we're going to buy your house, he may be thinking that means a traditional sale, meaning paying off his existing mortgage. Is that's what you're saying, right, Marie? Yeah. Or we could clarify we're going to buy your house with owner financing to yes. put a tag on it. Right. Yeah. He's right. Talking about that, as we discussed, we would receive ten thousand dollars in addition to the payoff, resulting in a desired sale price of blank. We would like to rent lease the house until June thirtieth. And during that time, we would continue to pay the HOA dues and in, terms, in addition to an agreed-upon monthly rent and lease amount. So okay, now there's a lot of times, guys, remember, on these pretty houses, uh, here's something you need to consider. A lot of times, unlike sometimes these ugly vacants, the pretty houses, the people are still living in there. So there's a couple of twists and, you know, and things you need to be aware of there. One is that I want you to get an agreement to show the property. Okay, so we actually have an agreement, but you guys could write up an agreement or you, you just get a verbal agreement even. Just is it okay for us to show the property while you're in there? Then beyond that, we believe in open houses. We do a big, huge one-hour open house deal. So we, beyond that, you ask them, is it okay if we do an open house? Some might say no to that, you know, I mean, because they're still living in there, and it's a lot of people traipsing through. It, then they'll be okay with one showing at a time if you're there. And either way, you've got to get some kind of access because then you have, you have no vacancy in the perfect world because you show it to somebody, they love it, they give you their down payment even before you have to give your seller anything. So your seller may be waiting on 20 grand, but you, you, know, you show it to the right lease purchase buyer, they just gave you 30 grand, so you're 10 grand up at the front, even giving the seller a lot of money down. So that's, that's what we're talking about there, though. Okay, go ahead, Marie. All right, so the, yeah, that's what we need to do with this one. I mean, we, we have four months to find a buyer, so I think we can manage that. Yes. Um, but again, you know, it seems to me like he's expecting us to, like, you know, cash him out, pay off the money. All right, well, yeah, we'll clarify that. We definitely need to clarify that. Like I said, sometimes that's an issue. But you guys yeah. are out there getting plenty of deals, and you have some great lead sheets. You guys were just in North Carolina with us, so that was awesome to see you there. And you're doing better and better, Marie. You're doing great on the phone. 
I don't know what's happened, but something clicked where you're not really having the anxiety. What's going on with that? Oh, um, I don't know. I guess just practice. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're just a lot more confident. I mean, it's amazing to watch you on the phone doing so well. Yeah, I'm just getting more comfortable with it, I think. So um, I just wanted to let you guys know that I do have an appointment on Saturday to meet with Ron Taylor. That was another one of the calls that um, that uh, came in uh, during the quick start this past week. So that that should be a contract, hopefully. That is awesome. Okay. that Well, awesome to hear from you guys. I'm really glad you could chime in and and give us some great info about your awesome deals. So, guys, we, they're all out there, and it's just a matter of uh, making those calls and, and finding them. And where did that million-dollar deal come off, Zillow? I found it on Zillow. Yep. So that's, they're, they're out there for sure. And it's a Zillow world. I haven't really talked about that at all on this call. But, guys, you've got to get your Zillow profile. You've got to get on Zillow and just, if you're going on Zillow and, and doing property searches and saving them and that, that gets you in the game, and all your buyers and sellers are going to know what their estimate is, so you should be comfortable and familiar on Zillow for sure. I think we just have – thanks, guys. I think we Thank have – Thank you. We got one – Thank you. We're very proud of you. Yes. That's the, I think we got one more caller as we wrap up here. Who am I speaking with now? Uh, this is Louis Brissette. Hi, and uh, what's your question? Well, my question is, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm very excited because I just got a, a buyer that uh, they're buying from, for a trust, so they're interested in anything from one family all the way up to 200 units, the cash buyers. Wow, that's great. Right. So now my question is, um, if I'm wholesaling a bank-owned property, I want to make an offer on it, on it I just want to make sure I understand correctly, um, since they don't allow me to assign contracts. Right. The only way to is that the only way to do that then is to close using transactional funding. Is there any other way to close the deal without? Uh, if you know who you're going to wholesale it to, if you have it I figured do. out with this with these people that you talk you're talking about who might be uh, buying properties, or if you are working on an ongoing basis with a wholesale buyer, which would be a rehab or somebody who wants these properties, and you can find them and arrange them and you can work it out with them, you could actually be buying them in their company name if you have it worked out with them in advance. Let them know, hey, I'm out there buying properties all the time, but I don't always have the funding in place. If I see a great house, um, can I use your name and then we can buy it and we'll work out the details later. Other than that, pretty much, guys, it's transactional funding. You have to buy it. Uh, you have to come up with the funds to buy it from the bank because the bank won't assign. You can't assign your interest in a bank-owned property contract to someone else. Now, I will say with sellers, you do it all the time. With private individual sellers, you'll buy houses, and that's how you do an ax deal. That's how you do a wholesale deal, you know, just between private parties. You buy it, you get the contract in your own name, you sign the contract, uh, and you never have to come up with money. So if you buy an ugly house from a private party with a contract, you can always assign that contract with no money and never need transactional funding. But the trick is if you're buying bank-owned, that is the issue that you run into. So. Yeah, I don't think they'll let me use my, their corporation yet. And so, so wholesale, if I'm wholesaling it, I still need to do a, a title search, even though I'm not going to put it. I'm not going to keep the property. Uh, that's, uh, guys, anytime, you know, you're not on the chain of title, but that doesn't right. mean you better not know what's on the title. Uh, and, and not, you know, in some of these cases, in the sources that you're buying from and stuff, it's kind of an issue. You don't have time or the, the opportunity to check title all the time, especially with some, you know, uh, bulk uh, wholesalers. But if you're careful, you should always, Anytime you're buying any property, and even when you get it under contract, when you are assigning your interest in that contract, if you can tell your wholesale buyer that the title is clear, you already had the title run, they're going to feel ten times more comfortable and be, and maybe even pay you more because they know it's a done deal. Okay, and even with the REO, I still do a title. Uh, that's well, I would say yeah, yeah, but now okay. banks. You know, bank properties, again, are a little bit different animal, but, uh, yeah. 
Okay. 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 All right. Thank you so much. Great call. Great call. All right. Well, this has been an awesome session tonight, guys. Uh, Lots of great questions, lots of great information on this one. Uh, Remember, this is the alumni call, and we have an alumni event coming up, too. Now, there's an alumni event coming up in uh, August, and that's going to be August, I think it's 28th and 29th. And that's going to be followed by Lynette's and my Taking Action Workshop. So that's four days of incredible training there, guys. And, again, that's uh, the Quick Start Alumni Meeting is, uh, oops, uh, I had those dates wrong. So Quick Start Alumni Meeting is August 24 and 25. Uh, The Taking Action Workshop is 22nd and 23rd. Now, that's in Jacksonville. So you get two days with us, August 23rd and 22nd and 23rd, and then two days with Ron, uh, 24th and 25th. We'll be down there closing deals. You guys should bring lead sheets. You should pretty much bring lead sheets to lots of these events. Me and Lynette are at almost all of the events that Ron does. Uh, We'll be at business management and a lot of these events coming up. And, guys, don't forget about the summit. I almost forgot to mention that. Now, we rescheduled another summit. The last one went over so great in Daytona Beach that Ron decided we're going to do another one. So we got a summit coming up this summer. uh, It's going to be in Las Vegas. And I do not have the dates in front of me. But uh, that's going to be really exciting. I think it's June 27th. I know it's over June, like June 27, 28, 29, right in there. So, guys, maybe we'll see you at the summit. That's always a lot of fun, and that's a big four-day event in Vegas. Um, so that's going to be a great time. So great call, guys. I thank you, everyone, for participating this evening. And get out there. And my motto is expect success, and Lynette's motto is take action. And you guys have gotten some great training, but I'd love to see you back at the Quick Start too. Don't forget about that. If it's you know only been a, if it's still the first year, you come back for free. If it's been more than a year, it's 500 bucks. We're at all of those, and we'd love to see you come in and bring leads and let us close some deals for you. So great call, and we'll see you on the next alumni call. Good night, guys. <laughs>